0: David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It's Friday, September 11th, 2020, season 16, episode number 21. Welcome to another edition of The Break Real live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Me and Nick are actually in the studio for the first time together in, what, maybe seven months? And we've got Amber and Dave, who are at their own locations, undisclosed locations. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about. we can get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Rams. That happens this Sunday. And I don't know if everybody else is excited, but I'm really <laughs> excited after watching football last night. Live football, actual action, games that meant something in the National Football League. It was really, really great. You didn't watch hockey? That's, boy, that's a setup. I was going <laughs> to say, man, seriously, you're going to do that to me? Like, you know I can't. I've been banned from talking about hockey. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking about the NFL, and uh, I know Dave. He's got on this LSU hoodie. I'm assuming he enjoyed that performance by his guy last night. Nice performance by the by the uh, the Chiefs overall, but your guy kind of showed out a little bit.
3: Clyde, I mean, we wear we wear college gear on Fridays during the season anyway. We Just because there's no college games yet doesn't mean that has to change. But I mean. Clyde Clyde Edwards Elare I said it when he got drafted it was going to be the best fit of any first round pick even more so than CD Lamb and I'm feeling good about it i'm feeling good
4: about it after one week
2: kind of hard to mess it up when you come in and become the starter in that offense like if you mess that up you probably shouldn't be yeah. drafted in the first yeah, round but, right
4: but he's perfect for what they're he trying is. to do i mean do you remember that play where the chiefs just everybody just went forward and nobody went some misdirection because i don't think it happened <laughs> like every time there's someone going in motion and then they go back the other way and it's just fake option here it's get your head spinning. I
2: mean, but it, he fits perfectly into what they're doing. And everybody can run. Yeah. So when you got misdirection and everybody can run, that's very, very tough yeah, to they, defend. Yeah, they look good. They look really good. <laughs> uh, Hamburg, how are you doing today?
5: Good. <laughs> <laughs> This is not typical amber to the point. Yeah,
2: this is not typical amber. Um let's jump in. We got a lot of stuff we want to hit today. Uh first want to start um there was a little bit of news that broke this morning. Not a big deal, but I do want to give it some context. DeMarcus Lawrence Cowboys signed uh, him to a one-year voidable extension. Um I guess talk about the the terms of what the deal is and and then kind of what it means, Nick.
4: Um, I, I, the terms I'd rather Dave do that because Dave actually wrote the story. But I know what the overall what it means is is that they're just trying to clear up some money, not so much for this year. No, not for a safety that's sitting out there, but but to try to sign their quarterback next year, and they can roll over some money for next year. So these these moves are just to just to make sure that if the cap is is flat next year or even goes backwards, that they've got some money to sign these players, include especially Dak. Yeah, I think the big thing yeah, is
3: – go ahead, I mean, Dave.
2: Oh. Go ahead, Dave.
3: No, it's, it's just – so Tank was on a $16 million salary. They converted the vast majority of that to a signing bonus. It's something we've seen them do a million times. They they did it with Zach three days ago, and they did it with Tyron Smith about a month ago. The difference here is actually they added another year to Demarcus's contract, which allows them to spread out the rest of the hit, which – that's wonderful. Uh, you know, it helps them manage the cap and it's avoidable year. So, you know, if, if for some reason they don't want him at that point, they don't have to keep him. So uh, pretty smart bit of bookkeeping. But yeah, to Nick's point, you know, we, it's impossible to predict what the salary cap is going to do because we don't know how many fans are going to be part of the games this year and a million other things. Um, but it's a very good guess that the cap is not going to be $210 million, which it probably would have been in a normal year. Uh, so when you think about the fact that you either have to tag or sign DAC, you probably need all the spare change you can get.
2: Yep, and that's going to be the most important part. Is that tag? They will need that to be able to at least give themselves some leverage. If that, if you call that leverage in their negotiations, um, and so they got to make sure they got room to be able to, at the very least, tag him uh, to make sure they keep his services for next year, regardless of what happens with the long term contract. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit real quick. Uh, and just, about-
5: to, just to clarify, Derek, to uh-huh. clarify because I see a lot of people asking uh, or not asking but commenting on social media. Whether this is for Dak or clearing space, once again, for Earl Thomas. So, for sure, we think this is meant for Dak Prescott's contract for next year.
3: Well, just think about this critically for a sec. And I'm not talking to you specifically, Amber, but I've gotten that a lot too. But. Even even if they did get Earl Thomas after everything that's happened, like you don't need thirty million dollars to sign Earl Thomas. You just there's not a player available right now on September 11th that would cost that much money. Clowney's not out there; he wouldn't have been that expensive anyway. He signed for like half of that. Um, you you don't need that much money to bring a free agent in. So even if they want Earl Thomas, this isn't what that's about.
2: Yeah. So it all points to the fact that this is about future planning knowing that that the salary cap could go down or could stay flat. And and they're going to need to, again, they're going to need to tag the quarterback, and they will probably have some free agents that they want to look at, probably on their own team, that they may need to resign as well. All right, let's move on. I want to talk just a quick moment about Dak Prescott. And uh, we did mention yesterday on the show that Dak Dak was going to be meeting with the press. Um, He did have a conversation yesterday, a a press conference with the media, and he talked about... um, His mental health—that is—that was something that came up a little earlier from an interview that he'd done back during the off season, and I think it really blew up mainly because uh, Skip Bayless had something to say on his show about it, and and essentially said that you know as the quarterback of the Cowboys, maybe he shouldn't be talking about this publicly. Um, I want to get you guys' thoughts because I think it's for me, it's pretty clear that um, talking about mental health is a good thing. I think for too many years in our country. Um, those kinds of things were things you kind of swept under the rug. They were things you didn't talk about publicly because it made people think of you or at least people tried to get this perception that meant you were weak. And I think the best thing our our society has done in the last, I don't know, maybe five to ten years is be more open about having those discussions because it then allows people to understand that this is something that happened to a lot, happens to a lot of people. And it's not a sign of weakness. It is really just something that happens. It's like no any other, medical condition that you have to treat and you have to be open and forward about treating. I'd like to get y'all's opinion on this. Let's start first with you, Dave.
3: Yeah, and you know, this is something that I've gotten a lot since I tweeted about it yesterday, which is, hey, I uh, I don't like to pay attention to what Skip Bayless says. I try not to. And I think most of our listeners probably agree. He's a joke. He's a fraud. His opinions are less than worthless uh, when it comes to football. Wow. But I kind of I draw the line when you're offering opinions that could really damage people. Uh, that was really the big takeaway for me is uh, to have a national platform and to go on TV and to insinuate that Dak Prescott is weak for seeking help or wanting to talk about it, uh, ignoring the good that that could do, that the face of America's team is telling you it's okay to get help. Uh, I, just, I just couldn't stop thinking about the idea of somebody – who's having a terrible year just, you know, in in the worst place, uh, seeing that and just further confirming their untrue, you know, thought uh, that there's nothing that they could do and, and that they shouldn't talk about it. I, I absolutely hated it. Um, so I don't like to give Skip Bayless the platform, but we, we need to address that. I mean, it's a, it's a dangerous rhetoric. And I mean, I agree with everything you said, like good for Dak for seeking help, good for Dak for talking about it. Because uh, you can't underestimate the impact that it has when somebody that visible is willing to go on the record about these things. And I already had a low opinion of Skip Bayless, but it's, it's on another level at this point.
2: I actually want to want to get an opportunity for Amber to talk about this because I know, Amber, this is something that's really personal to you. Tell, tell us a little bit about, about how anxiety and, and that kind of thing has affected your life.
5: Well, I dealt with anxiety ever since I was really young. And for the longest time, I mean, for years and years and years, I just didn't understand what was going on. And I didn't know what anxiety was. So something that a lot of people don't know, people that don't necessarily deal with this issue, is that it's a big deal. Anxiety and depression are hand in hand. And there is a very, very fine line between anxiety, depression, and then suicidal thoughts. So you have to be really, really careful with your words. And I think one one thing that has been the theme for this year is basically shut up and listen, listen to others and what they're dealing with. So this is one of those things that if you, it's really hard for someone to understand for someone that has never dealt with it. So in that case, if you know somebody that is dealing with it, whether it's a family member, a friend or someone you know, the best thing that you can do is just take a step back and and listen, offer off your ears. Because the one thing I will say, the one thing that has helped me the most has been able, to, just the ability to talk about it. Hearing other people, knowing that you're not alone, knowing that you're not a weirdo. That this is not, it, it's more common than you think. And yes, there are different levels of anxi- of anxiety. So you you just need to be really really careful. And being a female in a world that female are perceived as, you know, sensitive and weak maybe it, it it was really hard for me as a female to come to a place where I felt okay accepting that and just talking about it where I didn't feel ashamed or embarrassed so for a guy like Dak being a man and being in such public eye so much visibility i think that it takes great strength that he was able to open up and talk about the issue and I'm very happy very very happy that football is back because not only is he gonna be able is now able to get out of that funk being out of his house being surrounded by teammates being surrounded by people that will take him to feeling in a much better place but also the fact that he's being able to find a comfort level where he's okay speaking about it to other people because, once again, when someone like that, that many, many young people look up to, says something like that, that speaks about anxiety, I already know for a fact that his words has already helped many, many people.
2: Yeah. And I will say this after dealing with you, Amber, for a number of years and working with you and learning more about you and your background, you're one of the mentally toughest people I know. So we know this has nothing to do with being weak. This is all about medical conditions, and it's something that uh, people should talk about. It's something that people should take seriously um, and be willing to have that conversation, and especially coming off a situation where, remember, Dak lost his brother to suicide this offseason. And so this is something that's very personal, I'm sure, to him at this point, because he realizes the importance of, of creating the environment where people feel like they can talk and and express themselves on these issues, rather than getting to a point where they feel so isolated that, as you said, Ambridge starts dipping into that uh, those suicidal thoughts um, and can certainly lead to some some really 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 tragic situations. Nick, did you have some thoughts on this?
4: Well, I just I think it's it's sad that you know when when you put guys. on He says he's a fan, Skip Bayless. He says he's a Cowboy fan. I don't know if I buy any of that, but. If that's the case, that's the sad part about this. Is is that he's thinking of Dak Prescott as the player and not Dak Prescott as the man. And, and we we crucify players all the time for being boring and not opening up and telling what they think. And then they go out and they actually do that. They show how real they really are. There's a real person dealing with real issues that everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people have, and they just don't make thirty one point four million in, in you know the America's Team uh, franchise quarterback. And so you know it's 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 just sad that, that, you know, he took it there. Cause he's thinking, is this guy mentally tough to be the, the quarterback for my Cowboys? When in reality, it's, I hope this guy's okay. And so, you know, that's, you know, I, I, I don't think he should be fired. I don't think that, but I, I I just think you know he should have a a much better apology than than that, but than, than what he did. And you know when your bosses have to come in and apologize for you, that's not good. That's, that, that's not never good. good when they just they just pull vault over you and say we don't think like him.
2: Right. And that's that's exactly what happened. Which, Go ahead, Dave.
4: I I'm sorry. I which I hate
3: to even I don't want to give the dude any more airtime, <laughs> but. If he calls himself a Cowboy fan, he absolutely is a fraud because how could you – I mean, whatever you think about him as a – you know, if you don't think he's the best quarterback in the world, fine. But, like, how can you criticize Dak Prescott's mental and physical toughness if you know literally anything about him? Like, his whole story is about being resilient, whether it's being under-recruited in high school, whether it's losing his mother during a game week, during his college career – leading a team to a 13-3 record as a rookie, playing through a broken thumb, playing through a sprained AC joint with the division on the line last year. Shut the hell up. Like, it's, I mean, there's more important stuff than whether or not Dak is tough, but that's ridiculous, and it just further shows Skip Bayless is full of crap.
2: Well said, Dave. We're going to take our first break. We're going (laughs) to come back. And uh, we got a season preview for you guys. I got some questions I'm going to throw out to this crew. And we're going to look back at training camp and give you some idea of what we think of this team heading into the season. And and also look back at last season, talk about some of the things that we thought were challenges for this team last season. And talk about how much we think the team has addressed those issues heading into the 2020 season. We'll do all that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. To the break. Welcome back to the second segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys football. We're going to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Rams. That happens this Sunday, Sunday Night Football, seven twenty p.m. Central Time. Uh, Nick is actually going to be on the plane and going to be giving you guys some updates along the trip. Uh, I think, aren't you going to do a video tomorrow night oh, when y'all yeah. get into LA? I just got. I thought you were saying uh, I got to like step up my tweet game because yeah, you, know, you you should. I know, I yeah. know, you I should because Dave s- won't be there to bail you, you out on Twitter.
4: Dave on Twitter, yeah, Dave that? will not be
2: <laughs> there to be able to bail you out on this just one. So send
3: send me what you want to say. No,
4: I, I'm going to be eyebrow rubbing, and I'm going to be saying there We go LSU recruits and what the Mariners are doing, plus
2: everything else with the Cowboys. You're going to feel so Sounds lost. Just, lost and I was going to use the word naked but that sounds weird Traps. but without without your crew with you <laughs> like without all of us together on the road you're mm. going to feel so isolated like you're just going to be with players it's not going to be fun nah, at no no
4: i mean it's definitely not going to be fun i mean <laughs> no, I, saw that gonna 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 fun. I saw the itinerary i saw the like what we're supposed you know they said that you are allowed to go on a walk if you want to go out <laughs> outside <laughs> a walk. you can go on a walk at the don't so stop I, anywhere. I was about to say the hotel, but I forgot it's probably not good to say what hotel we're yeah, at. Yeah, no, don't do that. But it 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 definitely seems like a, a nice trip in yeah. uh, in LA. But uh, but except, I don't know. I mean, just can't go anywhere, can't do anything. So, I gotta get the Netflix. Are there
5: gonna be fans showing up outside the hotel well, waiting?
4: There might have been if I would have just thrown out. The right, there might have thing. been a whole crew of them. Yeah, I bet oh, there are.
2: They'll figure it out. Don't they worry. Will. They, yeah. they always do. They always show they up always wherever do. we are.
4: I mean, you know, I, that's a good point. I, I thought about that even from, like, training camp next year or whatever. Like, just just a player walking off, hey, Greg, will you sign this? Take my Sharpie yeah. and my football helmet that I have, and can you sign it? I, I don't think – I mean I, – Well,
2: it, they're definitely not going to allow that to happen. They're not going to allow it yeah. to happen. They're yeah. just saying that's just
4: a, kind of a fundamental part of – the fan experience that now it's like, nah, we can't do
2: that. Yeah, it's it's going to be different. It's going to be very different. Uh, but I will say this: watching the game last night, I I actually thought, you know, this doesn't feel different as a consumer, as someone watching the game. They had, I think the the, the number I heard was somewhere around like fifteen thousand at the stadium. But whatever the number was, it didn't seem weird. You could hear some noise, so it made it feel like a real football game. Uh, there was nothing about that that felt off, awkward, or off to me. So. I actually thought it was a it was a well done telecast. That, for that game. You right. know,
4: there's gonna be a lot of places including this one that don't have any fans.
2: Yeah, the question is, is the noise that they're gonna pipe in, does that at home make you feel like you're watching a regular football know. game or not? We will see. But last night felt very, very normal for it them. It looked like a fourth preseason game out there yeah I just i I didn't even notice yeah. the crowd was there or not there, you know all right, so let's jump in here's what uh,
3: we're gonna do I did
2: I mean you did? The crowd shots the crowd shots were weird but yeah sorry go ahead yeah and, and honestly that's that's the part I didn't really worry so much about like the crowd shots. I was thinking more just from my as I'm watching the game what I'm hearing you know you you watch a game and you expect yeah. to hear the, the crowd roar at certain moments, and that's what I thought I would miss is those moments. But I didn't. I didn't. For some reason, I just didn't miss it. So yeah, It felt normal. Good job. All right. Here we go. What we're going to do is I have a whole list of these best of or worst of uh, type questions. I'm going to throw them out to you guys in this first segment of this, uh, this season preview. Um, I want you guys to kind of base it on what you saw during training camp. I know we're a little limited, but you guys got a chance to see a good amount of practice. Uh, So I want you to base this on what you saw in practice and give me your best answer for each one, all right? So let's start first with who was the best offensive player uh, coming out of training camp. Let's start with you, Nick. Best offensive
4: player, um, I would say probably Tony Pollard. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, I think there's another answer there, but I'll let the I'll let them have it. I think Tony Pollard was really good. Uh and I think you know, I don't know if he's the best player, but Zeke didn't do a lot either. So he got a lot of he got a lot of reps and he, he did a nice job. Uh I think you're going to see him in a lot of different ways. He looks more comfortable, looks quick, very quick and, and fast. So, uh I thought he he was really good. All right, Amber. Just
5: so I don't pick who I'm sure Dave is about to pick, maybe. I'm just going to go with another guy, Zach Martin. He was a guy that he he's just compl- as great as he's always been. But he's been consistent. He was consistent all throughout training camp. And the fact that we know the struggles that the offensive line has been going through uh, during this time with injuries and all that, and given the fact that he de- dealt with his own injuries last year, this year, so far he, he was all there doing what he needed to do and at a level that we've all gotten used to seeing from him so that would be a guy that I would pick
3: Dave I mean let's be clear yeah Zach Martin you know Tyron Smith when he was practicing even Dak Prescott like it's not fair because the wide receiver position is so skewed to jump out at you we all know that but the answer is CeeDee Lamb he just he showed up, and he balled the hell out. There were a lot of expectations on him. There's a lot of hype about how good he could be, and he delivered on it. He did something amazing basically every day, uh, except for the day that they gave him a veteran's day off as a rookie, and I think that says a lot yeah. about just how good he was. <laughs> right. uh, he was consistently awesome all through
2: camp. All right, let's move on. Best defensive player. Amber, let's start with you.
5: Best defensive player? Um... <laughs> I don't want to say this, but I I need to take, stop being prideful or whatever. I'm <laughs> just gonna. Go. Here, say we go, this. Right, here, here we to go. Right here we go. To me, swipe. To me, I I have to mention Jalen Smith because. I have to admit, he did have a really, really good training camp. He did surprise me in everything that he was doing. He was very active. He looked like every move had a purpose. He was uh, just everywhere you looked. He was all over the field. He was getting to the quarterback in certain occasions, depending how they were utilizing him. So uh, I think he, he was a guy that definitely was consistent all throughout camp and stood out to me.
3: Dave. Uh, I think that's the right answer, A.G. And, you know, we're not we're not here to hate on Jalen Smith. Like, he deserved criticism last year. That's fine. He deserves a lot of praise for what he looked like in camp. Um, I think that's the right answer. But since you already said it, I'd probably say Demarcus Lawrence. Um, it's not really fair because he was going against backups all month, but he looked awesome. Nick?
4: Yeah, those the those are the right answers, and because of you know going up against the offensive tackles that you know that weren't weren't top notch, uh, I would I would say Jalen Smith would be my answer over Demarcus Lawrence, but but yeah, I mean he he looks good, and and Dave, Dave said it best. I mean you know he he had some moments there that the moments he had were in pass coverage, and that's what I think he looks really good at right now is is being able to run with these tight ends, and so uh, I think I think he's you know he's looked the part right now. We'll see. Well, Happens when the lights come on, but um, I think you know he tweeted out yesterday, right? Or he posted something. He's ready.
2: Yeah, you know, kind of shocking that none of you guys went with Alden Smith because that's who I would have I would have thrown out there um, as a guy. But maybe you'll use him on this next next category. Who's the best newcomer that's not a rookie? Nick, let's start with you. The best newcomer? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, I like that one.
4: I I like. um, I mean, because we haven't seen Dontar Poe just yet, and. I I'll say Alden Smith because I haven't seen Everson Griffin really dominate to that point, but I, every day Alden Smith was doing something. So yeah, I'll say Alden Smith. Dave. I got him as the comeback player of the year in the NFL. So he better oh. be. Oh, wow. Dave. It's definitely
3: Alden. I mean, he had a great camp. He looked really impressive and he got to go against Tyron a lot more than tank got to go against Lyell. So he had some success against starters as well. Uh, but Honestly, if you look around, like there aren't a lot of other great answers. I mean, HaHa didn't even make the team. <laughs> Gerald McCoy got hurt on the first day of practice. Dontari Poe's a nose tackle. So I thought he had a really good camp, but Alden kind of wins by
4: there's, default. You're you starting right it. tackle. There's an answer. You don't want to throw him in there? No, there's an answer. Let's see. No, I don't. <laughs> you <No>. good? <laughs> there's another answer out there. I'll see what she, what she picks. All right, so. Amber, who you got? Let's see what AG says
5: uh I mean that was the guy I was thinking of right off the bat but one guy that I I thought of at the beginning of of camp was Andy Dalton mm-hmm. just because I'm not used to seeing the Cowboys have a backup quarterback that is actually performing good you know he wasn't perfect by any means but at the same time it was someone that gave me comfort to see to say like okay If for whatever reason Dak goes down, I feel comfortable and confident enough that the offense will be okay with this backup and we'll be able to get the job done, which is opposed to previous years where I never felt comfortable enough to say that.
4: That's a great answer. Yeah, it is a great answer. Well, I just thought um thank
5: you Greg, finally for once.
4: <laughs> Greg Zerline is, is a guy yeah, you could nothing, you, I mean
1: he, cause uh, he, cause damn, he was all right. really good. Y'all,
3: yeah. Y'all all are better than y'all are better than me. I'm thinking like offensive and defensive starters. Y'all those are both great answers. Great answers. Zerline yeah. and
2: Dalton. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Zerline's been money. I mean, he's been <laughs> so good, really really yeah. good. You but, just hope he can carry that into the season. But nothing will matter if you shake <laughs> that
4: first extra point off the post and no it's No like, doubt. God, this guy. <laughs> so.
2: All right, so give me your best rookie. Let's start with you, Amber. Best rookie during camp. Should I should I make Almost this easy. even and say I let's mean. not throw let's, take, let's throw CD out of it and give me your best? rookie? No, take the first two out. No, I think you got to put him in there too because well, you're kind of right. Yeah, is there anybody hard.
4: been better than Trayvon?
2: Diggs? If you don't, yeah, I mean
4: Diggs is right there. Diggs yeah, was right true. there.
2: Uh, All right, I, so let's take those two out. Okay, give me your best rookie. I know yours is Nick. But we're gonna go with Amber first. Oh yeah. Bernard Francis. <laughs> who didn't make the team.
5: No. I mean out of those three guys, I honestly I don't know who else stood out to me. That those are the three main guys that right off the bat they've been able to catch your attention. So honest and I'm trying to think. I'm like, well who else is a rookie? Rico that has stood out. Rico? I don't know. Rico. Those are the three guys honestly.
4: Rico was pretty good. He made the team. That's yeah. Rico Dowdle? Yeah.
5: What?
3: Uh, Sean we Why are we hating? Who? Why are we hating on my guy Bradley and I? That's what I was wondering oh, too, yeah. yeah.
2: He did good. He had a good camp, I
3: thought. It, well, but,
5: but the first thing of all, is was was has he been like fully consistent though? I guess I am seeing him more as a guy that all throughout camp completely stood out. Oh.
3: I would say, I mean, all. I feel like most of the rookies, except for like CD, kind of started slow. And I think that was by design. I said it at the time, like it really seemed like the coaches limited their snaps to kind of ease them in in the first week or so. Uh, but once Anai got involved, he was pretty consistently disruptive. And obviously, you know, you're talking about the second and third strings. I don't know how many opportunities he had to go against starters, but he was pretty consistently popping out there, uh, you know, getting sacks, getting multiple sacks and practices. I think I charted him with three during the scrimmage that nobody actually got to watch. So, yeah, I thought, I mean, for the most part, Bradley and I was consistently impressive in my book.
2: Yeah, I think the thing to remember here, too, is that with these rookies, like the first time they were in the building, for the most part, as far as I know. Was at training camp, so you right. know they had no off season to be able to come in and start figuring stuff out, start doing some some off season work. Like they they literally showed up for training camp, and so the fact that that you had rookies that maybe weren't as consistent throughout training camp, to me, I'm just I'm just happy to see that by the, the end of camp they were doing things right. Um, and I and I think by the end of camp you had several rookies that I thought at least made me think, hey, I saw some flashes, so they may have a little something, and you give them a little bit of time, I think they may be pretty good. Let's go ahead and take our first, our second break, and we'll come back. We have some more uh, areas of the season preview we're going to get into, and toward the end of the show we're definitely going to do predictions. Uh, these guys are going to tell you what they think is going to happen on Sunday. Cowboys versus Rams. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. To the
0: break.
2: Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick and I are here. Dave Amber at their own locations. We are wrapping up the show in this final segment. We have a few more questions we want to get to on the season preview, and then we're going to ask some uh, predictions for the upcoming game: Cowboys versus Rams. Next question for you guys is: What is the best? offensive position. And this and this is the area where I want you to kind of extrapolate beyond just what you saw in training camp. Knowing what you know about this team, knowing about what you know about the different players, and what you saw in training camp, what do you think is the best offensive position that the Cowboys have as far as the starters or depth the whole nine? Let's start first with you, Dave.
3: Um... I mean, you know, I think we all know about the receivers. That's fair. But, I, I, okay, I'm, I think I'm cheating a little bit. But, like, in a vacuum, in a perfect world, it's probably offensive tackle. You got a probable or possible Hall of Famer in Tyron Smith. You got Lyle Collins, who's one of the three or four best right tackles in the game cam irving maybe he's not amazing but he's got a lot of experience to be your third tackle and then i really like brandon knight i mean that's four pretty quality tackles obviously the problem is the reality that lyle's not currently healthy and tyron has a lengthy injury history so it's not as good as it could be but when everything's right probably tackle
4: nick uh i'll say running back actually and 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 yeah i I know they have some a lot of good players at receiver but you know i think they have arguably the best running back in the nfl uh for what the cowboys were trying to do and they have perfect complement to him and tony pollard so i i would say running back is is the best position that they have amber
5: i was gonna say running back as well but i guess i'll just go with quarter i mean we're basically naming the whole offense now. We talk about the wide receivers, running backs. Yeah. I w- I'll mention quarterbacks. So, now they've talked about the O-line if they're healthy. So, when you look at it, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. I mean,
4: the quarterback position has never been better than it is right now. Right. Well... I guess you could say when Troy Aikman was, you know, was really good. I mean, but,
2: but Dak is... is a, but when, when that was the case, though, I don't know that his backup was as proven as Andy Dalton Wade is. Wade Wilson or, yeah, some, I mean, or yeah, even Garrett. It's, or, I mean, you yeah. just look at this quarterback position. Actually, Amber, I agree with you. And by the way, guys, it's okay to agree. It's yeah. okay to you guys have the same answer if you think that's really the answer. But I'll say this. I agree with you, Amber, on the quarterback because I think especially in a year like this one where at any moment COVID can shut down a player, Right. I think that in a year like this, having a position like quarterback that's as strong as this one is, I don't know that I can look at any other team in the NFL and say they have a better quarterback situation than the Cowboys right now. And in a situation like that this year, particularly with COVID, I think that that is a huge advantage for the Cowboys. If the Cowboys have a situation where, heaven forbid, that comes up positive for COVID, I don't think anybody feels like you're walking into that game and can't win. Most teams, they lose their starting quarterback for a week due to covid they're probably going to feel like it's going to be a tough uphill battle for us to get a win. That is a huge advantage this season. And so I think I, I think they're they're sh- very very strong there. But I think even more this year, it's a it's a pronounced strength for this team because of that.
3: I'm wading into waters that I don't fully understand. Would I mean like the late seventies when they had Staubach and White were probably better than this, right?
2: Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, because you had a somebody. Haul. What I, what I will say though is at that time. White hadn't proven anything yet, though he was a young player that hadn't played very much. Yeah, but you're talking about two quarterbacks yeah. that are proven, like they've done it in the NFL, right?
4: Right. Well, Staubach was a Hall of Famer, and right. actually, when he retired, this is how weird the game is. When he retired, he had the, the all-time record in for highest quarterback rating. It was like eighty-three point one. <laughs> he retired as the highest. <laughs> yeah, now that's not even a good point one, will like get
2: you fired. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But no, and I get your point, but I just don't think at that point Danny White hadn't had a chance to prove himself. So it was kind of an unknown at that point. Yeah. I right, just is, know, is what I'm saying.
3: I was just trying to give a shout out to any of our older fans cuz I'm, you know, they had good quarterback depth at one point. I was I was not alive, but I just wanted to
2: throw that out there. <laughs> All right. Let's jump to the next thing. Best defensive position. Let's start with you Amber. Best
5: defensive position um I mean, we could talk about the defensive line, but one position that I thought was really good was linebackers. Just because of what I saw at camp, initially I was feeling really, really good looking at Jalen Smith, looking at uh, Leighton Van I really had my doubts on Leighton and the whole neck injury. I don't know. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He says he feels perfectly fine, and he was moving around perfectly fine during training camp. But um I don't know how that's gonna go into the season once you start actually hitting people, but in just all in all, I uh, I think that the linebacker position, from what I saw training camp, was really good.
4: All right, Nick, cornerback. No, I'm just kidding. No way. <laughs> I was about to say. Well, okay. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Uh, huh? <laughs> pass, pass rusher. I right. mean, I don't know if it's an out, if it's a, a linebacker or a defensive end. I'm not really sure how they're. You know, going to list them, but the pass rushers I think are the best. Uh, on and it's going to get better if and when Randy Gregory comes back. Uh, but but I think from Griffin, D. Law, uh, Alden Smith, you know you got Dorn's Armstrong in his third year. Hopefully he can he can step in there and nigh. And then you also now with Randy Gregory, I think that's their their best uh, position. Are
2: they good enough to make the safety position better?
4: No, they have saying. yeah they have to. <laughs> Let me get to the quarterback. Two seconds. Go.
2: All right, go, Dave.
3: I, those are those are the right answers. Either one of those, but I lean toward the pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, you got two All Pros in Smith and Tank and a four-time Pro Bowler in Griffin. Hopefully, adding Randy Gregory to the mix. Uh, you know, Tyrone Crawford is is better than he gets credit for. Yeah,
2: yeah they're, I just, they're pretty I nice. Him. All right, next question. Um, by the end of last season, I'm going to throw out a couple different areas where I thought they were concerns for the Cowboys. I want you guys to tell me which one you thought was the biggest and how well they've addressed it this offseason. And by the way, I'm going to give you a few, but you feel free to throw in another if you think that there's another right answer here. The first one I'll say is the secondary and them giving up big plays and not getting enough turnovers. Uh, The second would be special teams and the challenges that they had there. The third would be uh, the offense uh, kind of basically not showing up in games where they were playing good teams around the NFL. So those are three I'm going to throw to you. Feel free again to throw out another one if you think there's another big glaring problem for the Cowboys last year. And then tell me how you think they addressed it. Let's I can, start with you, Nick. I can act like a fan that's listening right now. I'd be like, coaching, <laughs> in-game
4: decisions.
2: Feel free to throw that in if you choose to. I mean, it,
4: well, hey.
2: They addressed it. Yeah,
4: I mean, they addressed that. So yeah. they, they should be better there. Uh, those are good ones that you picked. I'll say... Um, what was the actual question, though? Are you saying which one is did they address the best?
2: No, I'm saying which which of the three do you think was a bigger problem? Oh, and then how well did they address it this offseason?
4: Uh, special teams, I thought, was the biggest problem. So I think they they addressed it well by getting you know a, a veteran coach. Uh, not only that, I think I think McCarthy has a better feel for the special teams and and he puts a little bit more uh, on it uh, emphasis on it. So uh, the, the kicker. The punter, I think, are both healthy. Uh, they got a dynamic punt returner if they want to use them. They also have CD that they can put back there too if they want. Uh, and, you know, I, I just think the special teams was addressed.
2: Amber.
5: Am I the only one? Like, I feel like either I just completely forgot this, but when I heard uh, Fassel, how do you say his name? Fossil. Fassel. Fossil. Mm-hmm. Fossil. Fassel. Fassel. Fossil say uh, talk about Chris Jones and, and the fact that he was dealing with a back injury or what was it back injury last year mm. I yes. like to me, I felt like I've never heard that before or is it just me
3: no, it, it's been mentioned, but it's it's definitely not a widely talked about storyline he and Chris he played, played Jones through it definitely played through some yeah. things, yeah,
5: so I, I, I mean that was just surprising, but I think that the main one would be yeah, special teams overall, and another thing that I, it's hard to, again, look at it at training camp. But the whole red zone issue, that was a big deal last year as well. Uh, based on what they did at training camp, it seemed like they were able to get the, in the end zone better. But again, that's just training camp practices. We don't know how, how that's going to go down in an actual real game.
3: Dave. I think which I mean I've spent a lot of this week saying that I'm concerned by the secondary which I, I don't think it has they did what they could but I I mean I don't think it's better than it was last year Derek you and I you know we can have like a handshake bet about that but <laughs> I think w- one of the things that concerns me is like when a lot of times when the offense didn't show up last year and, and I, I don't know I don't want to make excuses for them, but like injuries and not having guys available is a big part of that I mean I you know Cooper played three snaps against the Jets uh he he sat out of, uh, he sat out, I'm drawing a blank he sat out of another game Michael Gallup missed some time obviously both of your starting tackles missed some time and I think they did again I think they did what they could they drafted CeeDee Lamb they brought in Andy Dalton in the event that Dak gets hurt like he did at the end of the season but I guess I'm not, you know, the fact that Lyle's already on IR just doesn't make you feel great that you're going to have a perfect season of availability. Uh, so I'm a little bit concerned about how they might weather some of those storms. Do, do you I guess. guys
4: think, that? I don't know if we've even asked this, but do you think that if Andy Dalton was the backup quarterback last year that he plays the Eagles game? Hmm, That's
2: Is a that, good question. I don't think so. I, do.
4: I, I really don't. I don't think that, I think they would try to get Dak
2: to play. Not only would they try to get Dak, I think it would be a situation, and I think most teams do this, they defer to the guy, to some degree. Like If you can play, which we saw he could play, I think they would have deferred to him and said, he can play, and if he wants to play and can play, we'll let him play. Now, if we get into the game and we feel like he's not effective, maybe you pull him, but I think they would have let him go for it.
4: Yeah, I don't know.
3: Do you all remember how many uh, times he threw in practice that week?
4: Yeah, it was mm-hmm. zero. But yeah. Do you remember how many times he's big missed a game? Big
3: old, big I mean, old donut.
4: I mean, he's big never, old zero. He's never missed. I don't. Game. I mean,
3: and yeah, you, you defer to the guy, and the guy's always going to try to play. But like, if you're not throwing by Friday, you're not gonna. You're not ready to be useful. But and. That, they went with it. They went with it last year because they had Cooper Rush. <laughs> but if Andy Dalton had been here last year, I think they would have been like, no. It's like when you sometimes you have to take the ball away from the pitcher. Was that, and say, no, man. Was that Donut? It ain't your
4: night. Was that Donut? Was that how many passes he threw? Or was that how many playoff wins Andy Dalton has? Mm. I'm saying. Wow. What I'm does just, okay. With well, because because
3: <laughs> that I don't care about that. He got him to the playoffs five times, so clearly he's capable of winning games in December.
4: Not not January. I'm am just, just
3: saying you're moving the goalposts. Who cares?
4: Well, I'm just saying a, a, a we want a clutch quarterback. You want a player, and I'm saying I'm not saying Dak has proven that he can be clutch, yeah. but I, I mean Andy Dalton is a great backup quarterback to have. But he's not a guy that you want to start. Nobody wanted him to start for their team. Yeah. I think we have to just say what it is. He is a good backup. Everyone was so happy to have him as a backup. But if he has to be a starter, not, not, who's going to be real excited about it? How do you
3: know nobody wanted him as a starter? I think he – I mean, it might not have been a good team, but I think he had offers at playing time that he turned down because of the circumstances. Okay. It I sounded like I – mean, yeah
4: but what but starter for what he, like a starter to groom this kid you just drafted that he can take your spot I mean well yeah and
3: that's that's my point is he was like no I don't I don't want to go play in Miami that sounds right. like a disaster I'd rather back up Dak Prescott but I the guy like I, I mean I know they never won a playoff game but like let's not act like Andy Dalton's not a three-time pro bowler who helped the Bengals win nine ten eleven games on several occasions Yeah. Like that that's a thing that happened. I think the
2: thing is and I I kinda get your point, Nick. I I think the thing is at the end of the day Dak still is a better quarterback in my opinion. And and you're still going to try to, especially going into a playoff game, you're going to try to go with the guy you think gives you the best chance to win. Now, that would have been a decision if they would have said, no, no, that's what I'm saying. That would have been a decision whether they thought by Sunday because I don't think the decision would have been made on Friday. If by Sunday they felt like he can't throw the ball active, accurate, accurately, he can't do the things he has to do as a starting quarterback, then I think they would have felt much better about sitting him than they would have if they had Cooper Rush behind him. But If they felt like he could throw the ball, they felt like he could play the position, they felt like he was healthy enough to play, I think they would have still opted to go with him, and it looked like he could actually play by Sunday.
4: If if the answer is that they would have played Andy Dalton and shame on the Cowboys and that coaching staff for making Cooper rush the backup because that means he was never going to play. He got all the snaps and he's not good enough to play over a guy that with a bum shoulder. So I mean that you know that's yeah. what I like about this staff. Give your cha- you know a chance to actually go and compete. We well, get a backup in. Oh, pick him up. Let's see if he can be the backup because you never know what's going to happen. Yep. So. All right, real quick
3: before we end the show. I think a- go ahead, Dave. Oh. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. I just a dirty little secret in the NFL is like a player's availability often hinges on how good the guy behind him is. Like, you can get a guy to play if the uh, if the alternative is terrible. Whereas if the alternative is not terrible, you're like, ah, we can probably make this work.
2: Anyway. I can kind but, of agree with that. All right. Let's take, before we end the show, I do want to get predictions. Uh, so we're going to go down the line. Everybody tell us who's going to win and what the final score will be. Nick, let's start
4: with 23-20 you. Dallas and Zerline hits the game winner. It's going to be a little it's going to be a little sloppy. 23-20. It's going to be sloppy at first. It's not going to be great. They're going to okay. have some they going to be some rust issues there. And don't throw the Chiefs out there because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They yeah, they <laughs> have this thing rolling. I think the Cowboys are going and both teams are going to get off those slow starts. Zerline hits the game winner,
2: 23-20. All right. Amber
5: Derek, have you checked on the weather?
2: <laughs> Why are you asking me? I'm not the weather guy. Like I'm not the dude that's always looking at the weather. But <laughs> you, it is a closed you, stadium, so it doesn't matter. You
5: always matter. talk about the weather.
2: Only, only in bad situations. You always talk There's about no the weather. weather in this stadium.
5: Um, I think that uh, shoot every weekend. Every weekend comes, and I just they. Completely pulled me. The Cowboys pulled me. They got me <laughs> believing this year once again And I'm going for the Cowboys to win this game and they are gonna actually score at least 30 points They're gonna get in there and gonna score points uh, a lot more than what Nick said.
1: Oh, uh, okay. So
5: I'd say um, Maybe something like 27 30 some, or 30 27 whichever one goes first
1: Okay,
5: the Cowboys win
3: I know we've talked about this before, but like, I like AG came to being a fan so late in life that she's still sort of figuring out what it means. Like, she's like, this is, this is stupid. Why do they make me feel this way? Right. And the rest of us are just like, yeah, like that's, that's what happens. Handle. Like it's all yeah. I've ever known my entire life. Yeah. Um,
5: It sucks. It, I, does. it
3: does. It does suck. You're right. Um, it's the best worst thing ever. Yeah. Man. I I feel like I have a good grasp on the Cowboys, but how do we really know? And I know even less about the Rams. I know I'm not afraid of Jared Goff. I'm very afraid of Aaron Donald, but not really anybody else on that front seven. Um, I do I think the Cowboys will win, but I, yeah, sloppiness and the Rams are are better than we're probably expecting. I think it'll be tight, um, but I'll say Cowboys 27, Rams
2: 23. All right, um, I actually think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think uh, the Cowboys will do some things that we're not expecting and but we will certainly see uh, the high powered offense that we expect to see. There may be some 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 rustiness, but I think that'll go away relatively quickly. Um, I think the Rams actually will be pretty good offensively. I think this Cowboys defense will make some plays, but I think the the Rams will still score some points. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think it'll be a close game. I think the Cowboys end up pulling it out 31-28 in what will be a really fun game to watch on the first Sunday night football game of the season. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back on Monday. We're going to tell you what went right and what went wrong for the Cowboys. Make sure you check out the game on Sunday, seven twenty p.m. Central and Sunday Night Football. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!